holidays, special times for special things and with that special considerations. It's no secret this is the 4th of July weekend and so those things come together, even among us, even here right now. Because we're Christian and because we belong to the country we do, the United States, these two parts of life, they, they always come together. But how they come together, well, that's something we need to reflect upon. What about us as Christians, individuals, and as the church of Jesus Christ? There's a lot. There's a lot of mixed feelings, a lot of thoughts here and there. And quite frankly, there's a lot of confusion as all of that swirls around. So let's get down to basics. Basic number one is what is, after all, the function of the church? The church at large and for us as individuals. We understand that one of the parts of life, so to speak, is exactly this. And it's clear that the church's function, corporately and individually, is to proclaim Jesus Christ. To give witness to the world and to each other on an ongoing basis, Jesus. Jesus who came to the broken world, unconnected, disconnected from God by our own fault, and to reconnect us, to bring us back to God, back to a relationship with him, to live as his people here and now to share that news with others and to help them, help them not only know that, but embrace that and to live out that good news with each other all around. That's the job of the church and of us individually. The role of the government, well, that's really another thing, quite different altogether. The role of government is to establish and to secure an ordered society. We heard about that in one of our readings today, especially Romans 13. That's the role of government, creating and maintaining an ordered society. Government ordained by God as one, as an entity for that exact purpose. Now, how those two come together church and country, well, that gets a little fuzzy, and sometimes more than a little fuzzy, downright confusing. It's how we as Christian people interact in that whole dynamic that's in front of us, knowing that we just really can't separate the two. You just heard Jesus and those who tried to trap him by saying, is it right to give to Caesar or to God? It was a no-win situation. If he sided with paying taxes to Caesar, it would look like he was dissing God. And at the same time, if he focused wholly on God with his answer, it looked like he was an insurrectionist going against the Roman governments. I remember so often hearing these words and struggling with them. Just what does that mean? And then I began to think, you know, I guess that's just two separate things where we act as a Christian over here and we act as a 
person of the government over here. And then, then I got to thinking, no, no, that's not really what Jesus was talking about. He's talking about us with, with two parts of life, but it's us with living in both realms, with duties and opportunities in both parts of our life. You know, that's what in our society sometimes people have labeled as the separation of church and state. They're separate, but they really are together. In fact, even when you use that phrase, separation of church and state, that's taken out of context. That's not what we often think it to be, that those have nothing to do with each other. For us as God's people, they have everything to do with each other. As government makes and enacts and, and supervises law, every law has a moral aspect to it. And every moral consideration we have talks about our values, and those are rooted in our faith. The two, they go together. Which leads to another basic. And that basic is a question, is America a Christian nation? I've struggled with that one too, and maybe you have as well. And I really believe that the right answer is yes and no. And not to try to straddle a fence, but I really believe, yes, the United States of America is a Christian nation relative to our founding. Our founding people looked to the Bible, and if not only to Christianity, they believed in God. And they said, essentially, and, and very clearly in writings, without God, this American experience experiment is going to fail. We need God in the picture. And they put God in the picture of our life together under government. Take a look sometime, if you haven't already, at, at the pictures and buildings, the inscriptions upon buildings of all of our government agencies. What do they give witness to? But the very fact that God is at the base of it all. That's part a critical part of this American experiment. It'll work only if God is in the picture. Yes, we are a Christian nation, but at the same time, no, we're not. If by that you mean that everybody's a Christian, that everything we base our faith and our country upon is in the Christian faith. Not everybody is a Christian, probably never has been, and certainly not the case today. In fact, not even everybody believes in God. Polling people right now, it's about 81% of people, only 81% of people who believe in God, where in the 1950s and 60s, it was about 98%. And just in the last five years, that has dropped about 6%, the pollsters tell us. You don't have to be a Christian or a God believer to be, to be a citizen to live in this country, the United States of America. And here's where the messy part comes. Founded on biblical principles, yes. But you don't have to be a Christian to live here. But then the messiness comes 
does it have to be respected what that foundation is? Or can you dismiss it and, and even change it? Welcome to the debate. Welcome to the mess. And now we get into the area of politics. I know, I know, it's a dirty word. And pastor, please don't talk about politics. Not from here, not from the pulpit. But, but listen, politics is really a neutral term. It has to do with people. It has to do with people and how we live together. What I think is the dirtiness of politics is when it becomes partisan. Partisan, where we square off with each other and begin to fight with opinions and, and throw our lot in one direction or another. We don't agree on everything, that's clear. And when we fight, that's politics at its worst. But politics for us involves our faith, who we are, what we value, where we come from, and where we believe we're going. By the way, if it's not already clear, I'm not talking about being Republican or Democrat. I'm talking about the issues that we face as citizens of this country. And here's where the messiness continues and the conflict comes again and again. Can I give you some examples? For instance, June was Gay Pride Month. And that's interesting, interesting. As Christians, we respect everyone. We love everyone with the love of Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do and to be. We cannot fail in that. And at the same time, we can't support an agenda that tries to mainstream that kind of behavior. A being and a behavior, two different things. And to make that integrated and to say it's okay, it, it, it's fine. And some would even go far to say no problem. That's where the difficulty lies, especially when there's efforts to can try to uh, persuade or even demand that we come to that conclusion. Or take, for instance, immigration. The church loves immigrants. You may, in your family, back in the line, be immigrants. The church, with open arms, embraces immigrants. I remember a church I served did exactly that. It wasn't just a thought. It was and still is an action that our arms are wide open for immigrants. The problem is illegal immigrants. Illegal reflects both upon the government and upon the values we hold as Christians. Illegal immigrants is something that produces a tension that we get stuck with. Or, or think about racism. Racism is treating people unequally. And certainly, as Christians, we are against that, against uh, treating people differently, discriminating one against another, it, with butting heads and even more. And yet, yet not everything is racism that people today say is racism. And so the conflict remains and even ranks up. And also, just think about churches and government 
in how we relate one to another. We're, we're called to obey governments, but God established government, not a particular form, but he established that as an authority in our lives. But when we as Christians are discriminated against, it's not just the freedom of speech and the freedom of religion we have. When we get discriminated against as a people, as those who hold the faith, and that's not right on either score, the score of government. And, and while Jesus said it's going to happen to us, the fact that it does according to how we live together is not. In fact, remember the book of Acts, when Peter and the apostles were told not to preach about Jesus, Peter proclaimed the principle. When that conflict comes, he said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And there's the messiness. As Christians, we're called to do a number of things. Uh, first of all, we're called to listen. You know, mom said, that's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. So we listen twice as much as what we speak. And that's always the first step, to listen, listen, listen to whomever, whatever side of whatever messy issue comes upon us, to clarify to clarify what a speaker is saying, what that speaker is all about. That comes into play when we dissociate ourselves with uh, companies, with circumstances that go against our faith. We even have opportunity to invest with companies that don't align themselves and in investments with what we hold as Christian people, but to clarify that whether it's a speaker or whether it's something with which we participate at any level. And then to kindly explain, having listened, having clarified, that we know exactly what that person is talking about. I remember more and more that's so essential in my life, and I believe in the life of every Christian. And then, having done those things, to explain where we're coming from, calmly, and as a witness, and, and nobody can really uh, object to a witness what we believe. We don't come as a Bible thumper or someone who says you've got to do it this way, even from a faith perspective. But to witness to Jesus, that's what we're called to do and to be. And certainly, it's not our job to judge outside of the church. By the way, have you ever read 1 Corinthians 5? 12 and 13, Paul says exactly, if there's any judgment to be made, it's with ourselves as God's people, not to judge those outside of our faith. As Christians, you know, we're called to get involved. No matter how sticky the issue is, that's where we live, that's where we're called to give what God expects of us. We need to deal then with people with issues from our faith perspective. We, we can't put that off. We can't pretend that we're not Christian. We are in everything, whether we render to Caesar or to God. And we can't, in, we can't expect or even force other people to our faith. Like I said, it's a matter of witnessing. It's a matter of saying what we believe to hope and to pray. And we also understand in all of this, this is very important, 
we also understand in all of this, what makes it messier still is that there is evil and there is evil at work. You remember what was written by St. Paul, the very word of God in Ephesians? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Satan loves to muck things up. He loves to intertangle good and evil and make life choices and behavior very difficult. And he is at work doing that to be sure. And so we see evil with vulgar kinds of displays, even within the church, even there. A group like maybe you've read about Jane's Revenge that has come into worship services and disrupted them, even the sacrament of Holy Communion in the midst of all of that. People who claim whatever to disrupt worship. Threats, threats, and assaults on people like our Supreme Court justices. Calls to rebel against either them as people or what they've decided. That's evil at work. Evil to be sure. Or transgender issues that deserve a lot of discussion, but denying God-given sexuality and fundamentally changing whom God has made us. That's the devil at work making things mucky again and again. Violence, too, evil to be sure. Free speech is one thing, but to work violently against those with whom others disagree, not at all. Fighting, destroying, burning buildings, and, and wrecking who knows what of the devil, to be sure. And schools, schools where teachers, and it's not everywhere, thank God, usurp the role of parents to instill in those kids their values, not to reinforce common values and to replace the role of parents whom God has given uh, children to bring up. And issues of life, we, we see evil at work here too. When it's denied that life is a God given gift. It comes from him. And as it exists, whatever the cost, it's not to be destroyed because that is life. It is a person. No matter how people try to rationalize it and take one side of the dynamic that denies that basic fundamental part. There's a lot to talk about here. I almost hesitate to say what I've said because it opens up what really needs a lot of discussion. And I trust and pray that can happen among us. But the bottom line is this, that in these issues, Christians rightly need to be involved again and again with faith, without fear. Today, as we celebrate our country, we also celebrate our God and not to divorce them, but to see them together and to sort through the messiness, recognizing what is what, as we search, as we find, as we uphold God's will in witness. Pray and participate. Bottom line, to be sure, nothing less but that indeed.
In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And may God bless our country, our nation, and us as his people as we come together. Amen.